0: Welcome, we trust you will be encouraged by this message from Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. In thinking about that golden man that Keila saw emerging from the fire, In Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel says, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah, the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. And I looked and there was a likeness like the appearance of fire from the appearance of his waist and downward, fire. And from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of burnished bronze. And he stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair And the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions to Jerusalem, to the door. And behold, the glory of God was there like the vision that I saw in the plane. And then he said to me, son of man, lift your eyes now. I have a word for the watch. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, a series of some of the most significant events in the life of Jesus unfolding. And it begins in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. And Jesus had come there to fellowship. At the house of Simon the leper. And as they sat at dinner together in Simon's hospitality, it says a woman came in having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. There was a time when I researched the ideas of these alabaster flasks of this time period. And what I discovered was that in some cases, they were these unique vessels that were crafted in Persia. And some of them were very old. And some of them, perhaps in this case, would have been the entire bridal heritage of a woman. In other words, her bride price. That thing that someone would have married her for. And so it's quite possible that this woman came in and she brought her entire future and all of her inheritance. And broke it. And poured it over him. And there was a reaction. From the ones who were following Jesus. Because their seeing. Was off. In that moment. And they were caught up in a missional idea that was literally missing the moment of his presence. This church extended to many of you who join with us consistently and regularly online and to the many who our hearts are joined in relationship and fellowship is a family. It is the watch family. And today, as I was reading this chapter, I saw this woman. And I knew that I was looking in this verse at a type of the watch. The watch is 26 years old. And she has been attending to her Lord every week. Pouring the oil of prayer and worship on him. And I have a word from this chapter. A word for the watch. It says, they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. It means oil press. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. I had never noticed that before. They were literally just supposed to attend to his body, to his presence as he was doing his work. They weren't the ones that were supposed to even be praying. They were supposed to be attending to him while he did his work. And then as he often did... He took these three, Peter, James, and John, with him. Now they had seen him in the mountain. They had literally seen God open the space between heaven and earth, that place where this golden man in another time had taken Ezekiel and lifted him up by the hair and held him in a place where he could see both the spiritual and the natural events of the earth. I have a word for the watch. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled, deeply distressed. And my question would be, but what about his friends? Were Peter, James and John also troubled and deeply distressed? They should have been. in that hour that he was. And it is quite possible they would not have fallen asleep. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Stay here and watch. Now, what were they supposed to be vigilant for? in that moment, in that garden, in that darkness. Had he literally called them there as not just his companions in his time of greatest testing but to enter it with him in vigilance. Stay here and watch. And he went a little further and fell on the ground. I don't know if you've been to this garden that is still there, just over the brook he in Jerusalem, where there is now an edifice built called All Nations Church, overlooking the gate that he will enter Jerusalem through one day. But there are trees there that would have been there on this night, still there in Jerusalem. I imagined one of those trees if it could speak to us and tell the story of that night, and I wrote about it in our book, The Power of the Cross, The Epicenter of Glory. But they were witnesses. But he had called his friends to be vigilant in this hour of his distress. And we can imagine him through the gloom But we have to wonder what was happening in Peter, James, and John's heart and mind. Were they straining to look through the gloom, to watch him, to be vigilant? Or did did they allow themselves to be separated as he went about his work? And they rested. Rested. This separation should not have happened. Because we know that this is where Jesus entered into the struggle for the victory for the cosmos and all of the human race at the cross, and he had asked his friends to be vigilant with him in that hour. I believe that we are in such an hour in the world, in our generation, friends. And I exhort you to be vigilant and watch and be willing to enter into the Lord's distress in this hour. And what would it mean and how would it look? I want to suggest to you it is very simply the work of prayer. And not just individual prayer, but the prayer like this woman at the beginning of the chapter who came with her whole inheritance and broke it on him in an act of worship. That regularly we return together to the sanctuary in that act week to week. And where you are watching at home in Chicago, in Florida, in Texas, even here in the Carolinas, in the many places, let us be with him where he is. And be vigilant in this hour. And he said, Father, all things are possible for you. This is one of the striking statements of scripture. We find it in some critical moments of the revelation of God in his timing of redemption. And revelation of his people. It's what. Abraham and Sarah said. When they were beyond the years of bearing the seed that God had promised. We find it. In the conception. Of the son of God. In the virgin womb of Mary. And we find it here. As Jesus, as a mortal man, enters into that great battle between becoming a total vessel for the will of the Father or going with the will of the world and his own deliverance. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And I believe that this was the moment of Jesus' great victory. That he entered in in advance of that moment when he cried out and breathed his last. And the centurion that saw him said, surely this was the Son of God. We are in such a moment in travail and prayers in our world in this generation, church. And it says that Jesus rose up, if you can imagine now. He rose up and came again. And he probably had the sweat and the tears of that wrestling on his face and between his skin and his garments. Perhaps his knees were trembling. And he was looking for his friends. And he was looking to find them vigilant and with him in his moment. And they slept. Awake, church. It's time to pray. And he said to Peter, Simon. Simon, you're the one that I revealed my will to When we stood at the gates of hell and I declared to you that I would build my church and that the very powers of the underworld and of demons would not have power against my church raising up in the earth. Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. What were those same words? Those words were, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. What you will. And this is where we find ourselves in this moment of time. With a great divide and a great wrestling between the clear and revealed will of the Father, which is the gospel to be preached in all the world and then the end to come. And the will of man and the will of human empires and we are in this great struggle. There is a term, there is a word that's being used called woke. Let me tell you, friends, the equity, diversity, and inclusion that has become the hallmark of our institutions, political, educational, cultural, recreational, our corporations, medical, technology, other infrastructures, financial. It is literally in our generation that mark of the beast, the wild devouring beast of the spirit of world empire. And you are the target of its ravenous teeth and its ripping claws. And it is time to come together and pray. It is the hour to receive a fresh anointing and revelation. That I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy and they didn't know what to say to him. And then he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It's enough. The hour has come. Rise, let us go from here. Rise, let us go from here. In the parables of the rewards, if we look at them closely again, parable of the talents, for instance, and the other parables that speak of an eternal reward for the faithful, it's easy to overlook in that Scripture where Jesus says. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison. You visited me. And the disciples say. Lord when did we do that? And Jesus replies in this way. When you did it. To the least of my brethren. He's not talking about social justice for the world. He is saying your eternal reward is the manner in which you revere and value and attend to and nurture and encourage and heal and reinforce my church my brothers. And so I have a word for the watch. This oil that you faithfully pour on him week to week is gaining for you an eternal reward. like no other labor of this world. And I declare afresh tonight that we have not and will not receive in our thinking or our hands, the mark of the beast, the spirit and view of world empires that we hold a biblical worldview uncompromisingly and we will stand for it as light in the midst of darkness. That there is no other name under heaven by which men and women can find life, can get a revelation of the reality of sin, and separation from God, and be restored to him. One name, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Messiah, Lord, Savior, Shepherd, Eternal High Priest, who was, who is, and who is coming. And that, friends, that day is the day that you refresh yourself every mortal day from here until we see him. Every day, refresh yourself in what your true goal is. Your goal is to be faithful until you see him face to face. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be encouraged. Take courage. Have clarity with joy. And when this great flood that is being spewed out of the serpent's mouth, just as it has done in previous generations, and just as John saw it and described it for us, in his revelation of Jesus Christ. As we are swimmers against the current of this great flood that is being spewed out, that included a bizarre marriage of a movement called Black Lives Matter, which was satanic and idolatrous and perverted in its founders, in its origins, and is now being exposed for the fraud that it was. But you may remember, I remember terrifying scenes of thousands of mostly white people with a knee bent and a fist in the air, chanting the mantra of that movement. This was a gift for us. And it strangely flowed into the river of a global pandemic with very questionable origins in truth. And we have suddenly discovered that what we assumed gifts and blessings in this nation and the so-called democracies of free people that the quest for wisdom, the quest for knowledge, was legitimate enough for us to have conversations. And suddenly we find ourselves in a global current that says, you, if you do not support our worldview of equity, diversity, and inclusion, You cannot buy or sell or attend or work. And it's rife. So COVID has been a gift, a wake-up call. It's almost as though we've been in the oil press in Gethsemane for two and a half years. And Jesus has been praying Hanging in that place between the will of world empire and the will of the Father. And calling his disciples to be with him in his hour. Not with heavy eyes. Not with burdened spirits. Not with confused minds. Not with mixed tongues. Not with compromising hearts. And so tonight, in the power of the blood that is speaking, we cleanse ourselves afresh and stand upright. We lend our hair to the hand of the burnished man to snatch us and hold us between heaven and earth that we might see clearly and speak the word of the Lord. It's harvest time. And there are those who need to be snatched from the fire. And you have the word. You have the anointing. You have the power. And so you must be clear and uncompromising and unafraid in the face of the currents of world empire. So I have a word for the watch. As we were in worship, I was lifted up and I suddenly saw throngs of multitudes of generations who were gathered at the throne because they have a covenant in blood with him. The one who sits there. And Jesus stood up and in this sea of multitudes from generations as they worshipped, he suddenly said in a low and simple voice, have you seen my friends? And as he turned, the crowd parted and I saw a little group of friends called Watchmen. And I want to tell you that I have seen with my eyes tonight a day that is coming for each one that has been so faithful to come and break and pour The alabaster box on him in prayer and intercession, week to week. Have you seen my friends? This house is ordained as a place of encounter. That means when we come in this place, he has ordained this place to be a moment of personal and corporate divine encounter with his real presence. So when you come, leave everything else because he wants to show you himself clearly and freshly not even from the words that are said but his presence abiding here by the spirit and in that encounter to encourage and strengthen and clarify you to affirm and commission you afresh to correct and chasten to reassure and inspire and anoint to go out from here carrying that encounter presence to minister to others. And so, watchmen, here. And where you are in your bedroom and living room and kitchen. As he said to his disciples on that night, rise, let us go from here. Hallelujah. We say yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. There was another golden man in Scripture. It was the image of the world empire in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Do you remember that? And there were three men who refused to bow to the mantra and worship of that image. And they were thrown into the fire. And those men emerged with not even the smell of smoke. And so tonight we lend ourselves afresh to the Lord And to his work, to his prayer, I encourage you to notice that your spirit is open in a kind of intercessory capacity. That as you go about your normal life day to day, you find yourself interceding for nations like Ukraine. Whole nations Like Afghanistan. Whole distresses. Like this flood of the serpent and the mark of the beast. Trying to stamp and capture Americans. And much of the free world. You have an anointing from the Holy One. Let us not sleep. Let us not rest. Let us watch and pray. Until he comes, we will be in his garden with him. Amen. Amen. Shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness will consume the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.